0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Truth Ain't PG podcast with me, Kimia Kabuli. Today's guest is a very special man. His name is James Radke. He is many things. Who is he? He's a brother, he's a son, he's a dog and a cat dad. And most relevantly to this episode, James is the Chief Culture Officer, CCO, aka, of Wilder Fields, uh, which is a tech-enabled food company, aka, their vertical farming company, like, very futuristic, very modern, progressive, agricultural company, if we could say. And he's got over nine years of experience doing vertical farming, which made me really, really, really want to record this episode, because I feel like this is the future. Our kids are going to be talking about it, our kids' kids, and then we're gonna be like, hey guys, I remember when that wasn't even a thing. And I feel like there's a lot to catch up on about this. And uh, it also has like a strange reputation because it is technically farming. I'll let James explain it, but it's technically farming in a building and everything is controlled. And so a lot of people have a wrong kind of image about it, thinking that there are GMOs. I mean, talking to other people about their opinions, I've heard things like that, or like if it's chemically and uh, made and whatnot. So I really want to give this opportunity to James to kind of explain what it really is and what there is to know about it. So, James, can you just get to the point real quick? What the hell is vertical farming? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you for that lovely introduction, Kimia. So what is vertical farming? Yeah, uh, vertical farming is is quite simple in concept. It's basically just the next evolution of farming, When you understand what what farming is and what it's doing to the earth, um, you realize that you don't necessarily have to do it on the land. That's just like the most obvious. So people have now brought it indoors because there's really the the earth is out of arable land. So it came from a need to advance. Um, And also just a lot of the practices are kind of destroying and bringing down the earth um, in terms of sustainability and climate change. So it's not only a better way to grow plants, it's necessary because the earth is out of arable land. And um, it just is, uh, It just makes all the sense in the world when you, when you start breaking down each component of it and why it's, why it's necessary.
0: Wait, I want to stop you real quick, because you just got on the subject of what is wrong with farming. And that's our like, that's its own thing, too, that we should talk about, which we didn't even think about. But like one of the things that you I don't think you mentioned yet, but I think is one of the biggest advantages of vertical farming is like a lack of water waste. And so could you talk about what sucks about farming at the moment and how it's being done? And like, well, like, for example, pesticides and whatnot. And then, of course, like wasting all this water.
1: Sure. Um, so there's that can go in so many ways. There's, there's a lot of ways that farming is really messing up our planet and, um, a huge one are the resources, right? Uh, water, um, th- with farming, you, you water once and then there's no way to circulate it. So it just goes down. Um, and, and so it's like a use it and lose it kind of type uh, situation. Um, so, you know, with, with indoor farming in hydroponics, you can be recirculating that water. So you end up saving anywhere from like 70 to 99% um, of the water you would, uh, Generally use with traditional farming. Um that's huge. It's huge, it's a big deal. Um, especially that's
0: a big deal. Like that's a big number. It is a
1: big number. Um, yeah, I mean, farming in the US uses 80% of the clean water um that's available. So if you can reduce that, I feel like also as advances come, um people are starting to store water, like rainwater. Um, so mm-hmm. if you ever experience like being in a building and hearing like like a big box store and hearing the gutters when they're you know like being next to it as you hear the rain coming down, it's an unbelievable amount of water, like hundreds of gallons um a second, you know so um so there are ways to get to complete zero too where we would not have to be on the clean water grid at all um but just that alone is 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 quite large. So, but then I mean, there's so many other, there's so many other ways that it's just destroying. The- Wait,
0: but while we're on the topic yeah. of water, can you explain like how vertical farming actually saves water? Like because I feel like if people here who are listening like don't know what it is, um, it's hard to kind of imagine how that even can save water. Like,
1: yeah. So, okay, so hydroponics is a very simple um, concept. It's basically just uh, plants and then their roots are kind of dangling in this, like, a little box. And then at the bottom of the roots, there's a very small trickle of nutrient rich, like perfectly tempered water, perfect amount of everything. Um, That's just going constantly under the roots. It's a very small amount, just the right amount. And then that recirculates uh, into the system and then goes back up and, and through. So you don't, the only water you're you're using is the water that's directly being taken up by the plant so with traditional farming again you're you're watering the plants um and then it's it's just going into the earth you know and you're and that's that's the water um it's also better for the plants because we're watering underneath it whereas traditional farming you're, you're generally watering over the top of it and then these water droplets can make it like um like little like uh like what do you call it like microscopes from the sun that like burn it you know when you burn insects it's like the same so you can get like some leaf damage there and, um, <laughs> you get like i don't know if it's, it's better if the leaf leaves can be remain untouched, uh, the less contact they have, the more the more delicious they're going to be. So, yeah.
0: Hmm. And it's really interesting uh, with vertical farming, the fact that a lot of the times, or is it every time or a lot of the time, it doesn't even involve soil?
1: So it can. Um, we're not anti-soil, but soil is just another medium. So there are other, uh, many other mediums um, that uh, exist in modern farming. So... You can use soil, but, but soil is problematic because it's generally a record of everything that's ever been there. You know, if you think of it, like, cause everything soil is just like what has been broken down over time and that,
0: yeah,
1: so it's all of time, you know, um, in, in one thing. So like we tell everyone we are better than organic because our mediums come um, completely like inert. Um, there's no, there's no pH. They're, so they're pH neutral, um, there's no, they're like, they've been disinfected. So they're made of natural.
0: What's pH neutral? Uh,
1: so pH is very important for, it's like the acidity and. Um, no, but like,
0: what are you speaking of? Like that your produce is pH neutral?
1: No, the soil or, or the, the, the medium, the medium. All right. So, yeah. So with soil, like for instance, with soil with farmers, it's all, it's like, it's not together, it's together, but it's not one thing. So you have to adjust each area differently to to get that pH. But with hydroponics, you just have this water solution. It's a lot more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it's like it's a whole thing. It's a whole system. So you can just add some solution and I keep monitoring that and you can get the right perfect pH. Right. But it's much harder to do that in the soil. And the pH allows the correct pH allows um, the, the, the maximum amount of nutrients being taken up like macron micronutrients. So if you're too high or too low in your pH scale, you can lock out certain nutrients and then that can cause the plant to be deficient in a number of different ways.
0: That's crazy. Because I remember reading about how like with our fruits and like even a tomato today has like less vitamins than it ever did because our soil is so depleted. And so what you're saying like about vertical farming, being able to preserve a maximum amount of nutrients, like I feel like that's like that changes so much with like our produce today. I mean, like that bothers me because sometimes I want to eat like cauliflower not because I want it, but because I know it's healthy and it, like just to imagine that I'd be forcing myself like this misery and putting it upon me <laughs> for like, you know, not even getting the vitamins oh, that I should. This crappy uh, <laughs> How uh, dare they? So, so frustrating.
1: How dare yeah, they? That's what uh. I'm
0: liking. I'm liking what I'm hearing. And then we were also talking about um like a lack of pesticides and stuff. That's also really big for the planet because um these pesticides end up getting into our, our water sources and like contaminating everything. And uh vertical farming seems like a really cool way to just eat more clean.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, most people don't realize that the bugs that attack our plants are brilliant. They are some of the most brilliant creatures that have ever walked this planet. And they're really good at finding our, uh, like the most delicious food, you know, our most things and, and attacking it and then spreading little colonies and like taking it over. And so it's like this constant since, since farming has existed, it's been a battle between humans and the insects. And um, the only, you know, the best way that we came to, to do was a blast them with, freaking nuclear bombs you know so um and then in the 50s we were like this is great this is fine and then you know of course it, it's it's been shown that um that it's not fine so um what's great about vertical farming is it's really inherently planned to be to not allow bugs so we have um like vacuum pressured entrances to our rooms um like really intense filters to our HVAC systems Um, There's really minimal human contact in our, in our uh, grow rooms. Um, The plants are, are lifted by machines and then come out of the grow room automatically on a a really complicated series of conveyors to the workers. So workers really only have to go into our rooms if there's an error Um, and then they're all suited up. They're going also through that negative pressure. So, we are designing farms to, to cut out any risk really, really. So it's just like a completely consistent um, way better system where you don't ever need to, to apply any pesticides. So we still, there's still that risk. There's always going to be that bug risk, but um, no one's perfected really um, out, for, for outdoors, non-pesticide free, even organics. There's still, there's still like things you apply to the, to the exterior of the leaves that are chemical in nature, you know? Um, so, yeah. So uh, vertical farm to the rescue.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember uh, my dad has in his backyard an apple tree. And uh, one summer I was there and he was so excited about the apples, but then there were all these bugs that started eating them. He was just furious. And there were always like little holes. And even for me, like it it was gross. I didn't want to go and pick an apple from the tree if I felt like there would be like a worm in it or something else. And um, so my dad, he like refused to put um, pesticides on it and so he looked for every natural solution possible so he started even putting like these little mesh things like a little net over each individual Mm -hmm. apple there's like a hundred apples like he was like going out of his (laughs) way to to kind of outsmart these uh insects and nothing worked and I was always like after that moment I was wondering how does organic even work because how can you have an organic apple how can you like avoid all these insects uh, I just don't get it like naturally without pesticides and um, maybe even if like not all urban farming like produce is like bug free 100% I mean it is nature um, but at least I feel like it would kind of like prevent a lot of insects
1: yeah um yeah and you you touched on a great point that it's like you probably the apples we are eating that do not have holes in them have probably been sprayed with something um it's it's really hard yeah i mean especially like fruity stuff like anything sweet like uh, bugs even organic stuff so uh, yeah organics have been generally sprayed with something there Um, i didn't know
0: organics can't like produce like certified organic was allowed to have uh products on them
1: the organic. The organic PR firm is killing it. They they have done a great job misleading people. Um, organics only only is concerned with soil. It's it's the only thing it's concerned with. Um, oh, no. It's a soil specific certification. So, um, like for instance, to be certified organic, you have to show three years of organic practice farming before you can get that organic certification. So it's very expensive for farmers to to do that because they have to completely change their ways um, and then they can't even sell it as organic for three years until it's certified, if that makes sense. And again, this all goes back to soil just being like a record of what was there. So even after like three years of clean practice farming, you're still going to have how many you know, maybe hundreds or thousands of, of years of storage of crazy, whatever was on the land. So um, yeah. So anyway, so it's really just concerned with soil. So that's what's challenging too is um, because we don't use any soil, we can't be certified organic, even though our practices, every other practice um, is in line with organic practices. It's Organic I think is, is good in nature, but these certifying bodies that make money from it are driving it and they're driving the lobbyists and they are, not necessarily concerned with what's right but leading this like label um quest if that makes sense
0: yeah i i mean okay so like organic is tricky because there are some people who are like so misled that they think, oh, it's okay. I can eat like this junk food because it's organic. And like I have friends who are overweight and are eating um, like organic candy or like these yogurts, like a strawberry flavored yogurt that has like 17 grams of sugar in it in like a mm. little single serving. Um, but it's organic, so it's okay. And um, that frustrates me because just because it's organic, it doesn't make it necessarily like healthy. But obviously, I think that there's like less of a risk of like all these like (laughs) chemicals. But I don't know, like, like in this case, I wouldn't I don't know. It's it's frustrating. Like even in uh, in skincare things, like because I I write for skincare and wellness, and for a lot of like skincare blends and formulas, I see like it's organic, and so a lot of people are just like buying it without even looking at the ingredient list. But it can still be full of like silicones and not right. necessarily like great stuff. Um, and so yeah, I feel like that kind of yeah. makes us like turn like our, a blind eye. Like we we just don't wanna like even verify if like something is necessarily better. But wouldn't you agree that there are times where you should buy organic, like with strawberries and spinach.
1: Well, you're touching on a really great point in that because it's labeled organic, like it's going to be better produced than if it wasn't organic, but it's not, it's not like the perfect catch all like, Oh, this is completely safe and healthy. You know, it's just like saying whatever components, whatever ingredient components are in that that had to do with farming, they were farmed in organic soil. That's really all it means. And but that's good. That's way better than the alternative for traditional farming, which is chemical laden. So, you know, so yes, I, of course go with organic. I'd say what's even more important than organic. though is, is local, like small farmers local. Cause they're going to have a way more, um, I don't know, way more safer process. It's like, it's just better for the local economy. You know, there's a lot more things in there. that are probably gonna be a lot safer than like a general organic, like Driscoll's berries like...
0: Um, unless you live next to like a Monsanto farm. I was going to say, unless,
1: yeah, unless you're like next to Driscoll's Berries <laughs> or something, it's like, yeah, okay, like, but um, yeah. yeah, but I'd say, yeah.
0: So Driscoll's is bad?
1: Driscoll's is just a huge, huge, huge company and...
0: But is
1: it bad? No, I wouldn't say it's bad. They have, they've caught some flack for how they have dealt with some uh, human resources uh, complaints um, with their migrant workers and stuff like that, so... They don't have the best rep, but they're they're a good berry company. I mean, they're fine. You know, they're big. Um, I'm sure they're not perfect, but
0: uh... so local is really important. But there is that list of uh, every year that comes out, like the what is it called? Like the list about like the most uh, contaminated produce, and like every year it alternates between like spinach and strawberries, mm. and then there's a bunch of other uh, things that are on that list. And it just made me realize that things without like the skin if we're going to eat it directly like say um, spinach like if it's growing and there's all these pesticides on there like there's a ton of residues and so it's really important to like rinse it well but also to just buy organic when we can but like a banana doesn't necessarily need to be organic if we're not touching it but then at the same time, so, like, health-wise, I feel like we don't need to buy organic bananas, but, like, sustainably, um, it makes for a better planet when we shop organic because we're, pr- like, promoting, like, a lack of chemicals and pesticides, like, in the world by choosing that, even even if, like, it doesn't impact us directly. Do you agree?
1: Yeah. I do agree with that. I would say, and above that, choose like vertically grown because it's going to be a, It really yeah. is. It's you're going to see. You're starting to see it more and more in, in growth. The
0: market is growing. Yeah. yeah. Even in Paris, I found after we were talking, I found that brand and I tried the cilantro oh and it was muy delicioso. Mm. And I also tried strawberries. They're small, but they were like packed
1: with I flavor. I bet they were. And
0: I can't okay. wait to try Wilder Fields sometimes. Uh, sometimes when I'm in Chicago. Yes. So if anyone is in Chicago, and you can then you should that's
1: true try that's very true try
0: that's the, where can they find uh while they're uh,
1: so uh, you know I, I think i've explained we're um we're in a test site right now we're building out a super target we we uh, took over an abandoned super target um and so we're building that out that'll be open in june um but for now we've been in this test r&d site uh for the past four years it's basically like a research lab that we've turned into like half production half r&d and uh it's in a really cute building. It's in the plant. If anyone in Chicago has ever heard of the plant, they, they love it. Um, it's uh, basically like a sustainable food business incubator building. And uh, like Winer Brewery has their, uh, their brewery there and their tap room. And there's just a bunch of really cool businesses.
0: That makes you want to go to Chicago. It it's the coolest nice. building.
1: It's one of the coolest buildings in Chicago. It's the best. So it's been a great home for us for the past four years. But uh, this target's going to be so cool. So, yeah.
0: And then once you start uh, opening in, in June, then people can go directly there to shop from you, or will you be selling in um, oh stores? Yeah.
1: I didn't answer your question at all, did I? Um, no, you did <laughs> you, you asked where we were being sold. So again, because we're small, we're just in uh, two or three little grocery stores. There's local foods, village farm stand, the sugar beets uh, right now. And then um, we just uh, signed a deal with Pete's Fresh Markets, a big uh, grocery store chain in um in chicagoland there's 16 stores where that's our big first launch partner um for the first
0: and some restaurants you're saying too carry your produce early
1: you know so we are going to be pulling back from delivering directly to restaurants it can be a really uh it can pull you all over Time the place. Well yeah, and their orders vary greatly between week to week. So um, we'll we'll find a, a distributor that sells to like our favorite restaurants and then they take way more consistent deliveries. So
0: yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Better put your efforts where you can count on it. Cause I feel like also if it is varying each week, then you might end up with a lot of waste.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we do well, we have some we've gone far out of our way to figure out how to reduce waste. So we really don't have any waste. I know that may sound crazy, but um, but I can't really get into it too because it's like kind of secret R and D stuff. But Ooh. uh, but through <laughs> through dehydrating and through giving to food banks and stuff like that, we really um, we found ways to really not throw away greens. So yeah,
0: yeah, that is really exciting. By the way, guys, I know what he's talking about, but I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you. <laughs> <laughs> i just want everyone to know that i'm in the note <laughs> mm-hmm. i just i need to explain that so yeah and then what i think this is my last question although i don't know if we um actually went into like all the things that were wrong with, um agriculture and what like that first question about what is <laughs> vertical farming i don't know if you ever if i let you finish that but i want to ask you another question okay. anyway throw another thing into the ranch. And it's um, like I was kind of mentioning earlier is that somebody that I was recently talking to thought that vertical farming meant GMOs. And I mean, it makes sense because if you're growing something in a building, it sounds like you're growing it in a lab and like genetically modifying it because it seems unnatural to grow something without soil. So yeah, what do you have to say about that young man?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, that's such a great point. Um, There's a lot of uh, confusion about what vertical farming is and if it's good or bad. So I will say it's completely good. It's like really, truly, super duper is. That's why I got into this.
0: Completely good. That's a big statement. No,
1: it's super duper. Is completely, completely good. One hundred percent real goodness.
0: One hundred percent.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Who, who's one hundred percent sure about anything these days? I'm very impressed.
1: Compared to if you look at every every aspect of the only and the only bad. Uh, aspect of vertical farming is the energy usage that's really the only thing but we are figuring out the industry is figuring out ways to get around this by directly funding solar and wind power you know stuff like that i forgot the the nature of the question oh what if there's any gmo so okay so yeah a lot of people think that because it's indoors right and it sounds like manufacturing more than anything that it it might be this like robot farm and it's like evil um or it's just like not human. It's not, there's no connection with the land. Um, But the first thing I always say to that is we, we have this association with farming that it's natural. That's a natural process, but it's completely unnatural. Uh, There are no farms that were existing, you know, before man. And it's one of the things that have, you know, like made man, the dominant creature and like advanced us as society and, um, you know, paved the way for, for where we are. But it's, it's just kind of like, we don't, there's no, there's no, there's no farms. So, the fact that we have accepted this just because it's grown in the dirt and we're using seeds it is, it's just like, it's kind of like a brainwashing of our whole world, you know? So yeah. So if you release yourself from that and you accept that, like basically big ag is millions and millions of acres of monocrops. And then that kills, you know, local biodiversity pollinators, you know, there's so many things that that can do damages. Monoculture's, are just completely unnatural. Our thing is bring those inside, you know, and then free up that land, give that land back to nature or back to humans. It could even go to solar and wind development, but bring that indoors. There's plenty of basement space. You know, you can, what the great thing about vertical farm is is it's completely modular. You can put it and fit it into any space. For example, we're, you know, a big thing for us is is never building new. So like, is what better way to farm sustainably than to build your farm in a sustainable way? You know, um, our competitors are buying, buildings knocking them flat and then building a new building and so that's two times the carbon footprint you know that they're uh, that they're wasting so we are like let's take this this target like it's not perfect the ceiling height's not perfect there's no floor drains the docks are weird size and weird orientation but the bones are there right and so that's a big thing to us also i will say that vertical farming in in mixing automation and making it less human less human like touches, I guess I would say, is a good thing because a lot of the the huge outbreaks of produce um, that are either killing people or you know, causing these huge recalls where you can't get romaine or whatever, spinach, whatever it is for, for weeks, um, they're caused by humans. So, you know, our practice is trying to be very, very clean. So minimal contact with the plants until they're being harvested. Pretty much their entire grow cycle, like four or five weeks, are almost untouched by man. Um, and you know and that that helps tremendously by by you know to keep it safe. There's also a lack of farmers. There you know the average age of a farmer right now is 57. So there's this new crop of farmers coming up, but we've been running out of farmers forever.
0: Yeah, that makes sense because also like they're not making enough money. So like I mean even just growing up I keep hearing about broke farmers, broke farmers, broke farmers. Yeah, and yeah. It doesn't make people really want to get into that industry, does it?
1: Right. Yeah, no and you you picture that farmer with the of wheat coming out of their mouth and like pitchfork (laughs) it's just like it's totally changed now you know i mean
0: or they feel like they have to like make a deal with the devil just to like get by with like monsanto because they're like you know pressed like they're in a corner and they have to like do something to save their farm and it's really sad
1: yeah um yeah and that's a whole other issue too is the subsidizing the corn industry is just a crazy thing that we we do it's
0: ridiculous. People just go where the money is, and like, yeah, the corn industry yeah. sucks. But that's like a whole other podcast, isn't it? <laughs>
1: the whole other thing. Um, yeah, so so I'd say um don't assume because it's it's indoors that it's unnatural. I'd say it's more natural because we're returning that land back to nature and taking something, taking something that inherently is a manufacturing mm-hmm. process and just calling it what yeah. it is, you know. Um, and the plants—you should know—the plants have the best life ever. Ooh. They have their perfect condition. They're in like Malibu on the beach with a drink, like <laughs> with a drink, with a snack. Do they have too, that umbrella okay? like, too? The little
0: toothpick.
1: Yes, of course, of course they do. Yeah, and they've all got like the new hot Spotify playlist. Like they're they're having a great time and. They're living their best lives and plants outside just are
0: not. So, you well, know, they're in good hands if they're in your hands. That's right. Um, and in the beginning, you said that Wilder Fields is a tech enabled food company. And I feel like after listening to this, I feel like everybody could agree, like they understand what you mean by that. And I would even take it a step further as a copywriter to just say it's like a tech enabled food company that brings things back to the roots. Like,
1: Ooh, I love like, that.
0: I do too. I just thought about it. Well, <laughs> can I say I'm good at my job, but <laughs> but it's like it's cool what you're saying because if for those of you who obviously like I think most of you will not know who James is, but he even buys vintage clothes. So he's like he's talking the talk and he's walking the walk. I feel like I like this um, this mindset of like. I don't know, like like you said, your competitors who are buying a new, like, yeah, creating a new building. I mean, that's like horrible for your carbon footprint. It's like buying a new Prius, thinking that it's better when really the best thing to do is buy a, a pre-owned car and like it's, it's a whole lifestyle and also like making as less of an impact as possible. And I was watching, just going like a semi-relevant tangent, I was watching Netflix and there's like this house, um, like a cool house show. Like there's so many, so I don't know the name of this one, but every episode is like a different country. And I saw the one in Norway was super, super inspiring because basically every single, um, architect no matter how like rich and famous and like uh whatever they were um they all had like the same kind of value which is to like make minimal impact and so there was like a guy who made a house like on a cliff like uh, like an island and um the architect like saw all of these like crazy rocks and instead of even removing one of these like giant rocks uh, he built the whole house oh, like on it mm. and so the foundation of the house like you can see on the bottom and I'm making hand gestures for people <laughs> who obviously will not see so this really doesn't help anybody um, but like I am not know to explain but the foundation was like just going around it like it wasn't flat and they were talking about all the the pain they went through just to not make an impact and even like to get they are saying to get the materials to the island um and like get it to the house location uh was about to like destroy a lot of the stuff on the path mm-hmm. and so they made this little mini like slidey slide like bridge thing that would like slip and they would just like slide it um over towards the house so that they wouldn't have to break anything and um i just think like that's such a great mentality to have instead of like constantly trying to do like new and perfect just like work with what we have and especially in our like our planet today we have like enough stuff like we have enough like that's enough we don't need new things all the time why do we always think that new is better it ain't so
1: (laughs) (laughs) You, you, you say it yeah
0: And um, I know there's nothing to say to that. So I want to get back to the GMO thing and ask you, do you think that GMOs are necessarily bad or is it also just like a marketing thing? Because to me, when I hear about like GMOs, when I took um, AP environmental science in high school, shout out Ms. Kerr, um, she er, taught us that like GMOs help us to like reduce our pesticide usage and stuff, so it would be like a potato that like, or I don't know if potatoes need pesticides, I'm just saying potato for some reason, but like any kind of vegetable or fruit like can be modified in a way that they attract uh, or they can repel or like not attract as many insects. So that doesn't seem like a bad thing to me. So I don't really understand like this whole thing about GMOs. Do you have any like opinion on that?
1: i'm with you it's it's such a complicated issue um i on one hand i think of gmos like your for everyone genetically modified organism um as if you're not doing it in the lab like the way farm what you're talking about with um like finding a variety that either you can start earlier in the season or maybe that produces better or it avoids some kind of insect um most of that is done through just like selective breeding, which is like what we did with dogs. You know, it's the exact same thing. It's literally just like that. I want that one's cute in that way. And I want that in a thousand years to be like this, you know? So it's just like, but it's over a shorter, a much shorter period of time, a quicker. Um, And I, I, that doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with that. But, um, but then, but then if you taste an heirloom tomato, which are heirlooms are uh, varieties that haven't changed ever. So, um, the flavors in heirlooms are are unreal, you know, and so there's something there too, you know. Like, so I feel like it's just like push and pull, like the law of attraction. Like, if you you're gonna if you're gonna add something, you're gonna lose something, you know. I feel like I don't know. It's like a two for one shampoo and conditioner. How do they fit both in? How is it not overflowing? It's two for one to be overflowing. <laughs> so it's like you can't have. Okay, have you tried those little
0: baby kiwis <laughs> that are like great. What's up? Have you tried the little mini kiwis like that are like the size of grapes? No. See, but I'm all for that. Like why is that a
1: bad thing? You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. It's right. delicious. It's an explosion of flavor. So if you're telling me that GMOs don't have flavor, I mean, I don't know about like the history of tomatoes, but heirloom tomatoes are good.
1: No, I no, no, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying the GMOs don't have flavor. I'm just saying there's something to the topic that heirlooms are generally the most flavor packed, you know? So it's, it's complicated. I don't think – I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth okay. on this all the time. Yeah.
0: Well, I just think for people who are listening that we should just not be so close-minded about everything. So maybe people like – we should have more trust in – I mean, okay, that's kind of going away, like against everything that my blog is like about saying like the truth ain't peachy. Um, can't believe, like you can't trust everything. But sometimes I feel like people take that and run with it. Like they just distrust every single thing like the vaccine going on. I, like, I don't know when everyone's gonna listen to this. This could be in years from now when we're living in a COVID free world, that would be awesome. Anyway, I feel like we have a lot of distrust these days and maybe like not everything, is like as bad as it sounds and maybe some things that are as like sound great are not as good as they sound either but it's a lot of work to constantly check and educate ourselves but like when it comes to our health I think that it is worth it um, because that's kind of the most important thing and love of course and happiness but uh, we can't have any of those if we're dying well we're all I mean okay we're all dying but you know what I'm saying so yeah we should that's i so basically all I'm saying is that we should check I know you're but we should trust yeah. and we should also not trust, and so <laughs> life is complicated
1: <laughs> it's very common, not everything's black and white, you know it's um, everything's just gray, yeah, yeah everything's gray, and Even uh, murder but, but also question everything what what I don't know about that is this a murder podcast now?
0: <laughs> well, you're murdering vegetables <laughs>
1: I do think about that, that there's like, yeah, there's probably like, we're, we're killing bugs. Like we, you know, like, and like, we're definitely like, think about, sometimes I think about when we're harvesting baby greens, like, oh God, I hope they don't have feelings. You know, like, I don't, I hope there's not like a sentient feeling there. um, Well, you just have to appreciate
0: the life of, I mean, they're alive. So you just have to appreciate like life in general.
1: Yeah. They get love. I mean, they get loved so much, but um, (laughs) I do, I do think about that.
0: Mm. Well, no. thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> this was a great oh, you, episode, I think. I'm excited. To,
1: you so welcome. To
0: publish it. And I feel like we have, you know, maybe other topics to talk about in the future. Um, thanks for being fun and, yeah, just giving us all the deets and all this info and <laughs> just being helpful AF and just, you know, shining the light on all things vertical farming and i also hope that we weren't too biased i would like people to make up their mind on their own but statements like it's completely amazing (laughs) um i mean (laughs) like you know it's it's up to the the listener but i we gave the facts i think
1: that's right that's right opinionated facts but facts yes Yes. very
0: biased but (laughs) make up your own mind (laughs) okay where can people find you if they yes. want to add you and follow you and Wilder Fields, um, I'd say yeah.
1: Add Wilder Fields. We're on Instagram, Wilder Fields. Um, and then if you want to add me, I mean, I don't think anyone wants to add me. But my <laughs> my screen name is I'm James Ratsky, and you, I'm sure you'll list that. But my screen name is my screen name. I'm on AIM at uh, no, no, um, you're not. On AIM. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Instagram at see James do it. Doesn't no one's gonna find it's fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't post anything good.
1: I don't post anything good.
0: I can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, it doesn't post very often.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't.
0: No, but Wilder Fields. Waterfield. It's you anyways. It's yeah. yeah. basically yeah. you. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, so do yeah. that.
0: Okay. Well thanks. Thank you so much for coming on. It was
1: a pleasure. <laughs>